everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. Okay, so next question on the list. Do you guys co-switch at work? Why or why not? Co-switch. And, and do you guys have any workplace racial encounters microaggressions that you guys have examples of when i say code switch i mean like you go to work and you start talking like a white person you know to make white people feel comfortable or you know basically dumb down your blackness so other groups of people feel comfortable mm-hmm. yeah I give it to them raw <laughs> when me and elon said work together oh it was horrible we we didn't do that I I mean I was respectful of anything I said, but I'm not finna. So also, Miss uh, what's her name? Our boss when we worked there, she was like, "Oh, we have a colonel coming in," or she was like, "You know, we want to be respectful. We want to make sure we get him in a reasonable amount of time." Blah blah. I'm looking at Elante, Elante like we got all these people in line trying to get appointments. He gonna get in what we have that's available. Like, basically, what she was saying, let's be respectful. She wants me to, you know, go above and beyond my voice that I have now and try to be like, oh, well, um, we can give you, I can't even talk like that. So I was just like, if I got him, he was going to get this right here. Like, um, let me see what we have available. Okay. You know, I'm not, I don't know. Like, for me, my husband even says that, like, he's like, oh, you need to turn off your aggressiveness. And I'm like, but I mean, this is just who I am. Like, some sometimes I do like come off as you know attitudey or strong, but for me it's not like I just I don't do it on purpose. It just it just happens. But I'm not switching up on nobody. You you gonna get it raw and uncut. Okay, that's it. <laughs> um. I do, but I also kind of do it in a reverse way. When I was um, managing one of the offices, I heard a lot of black people. Um, and our conversations would be a lot different than the conversations they would have with the owner. Uh, with the owner, he knew who I was. He'd be like, you just like to test people. You wrap your hair and say certain things to test people. I'm like, it is what it is. But like they would, he would say, oh, so-and-so didn't show up. And they said that they weren't feeling well. And I would be like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, well, I got to I gotta visit my boyfriend in jail or something. So like they would be more genuine with me about it. And our conversations could be a lot different. Um, my code switching isn't to be, um, like accepted or not judge. I'll do it. So that way people understand my credentials. Like I almost do it to let them know what level of respect they need to show me. So there's no confusion. So initially I just like to to see how people are going to treat me. But then when it comes down to like, I, I don't like having to give a breakdown of my curriculum vitae so people respect me. But what you're going to do is respect me. So if I have to explain myself to you, you're going to feel stupid afterwards with my level of intelligence and my travels and my credentials and my education. So that way you know who you're dealing with. And then once you understand that, I'm going to talk to you how I want to. So for me, it's not a matter of code switching so people don't judge me or I feel accepted or I'm worried about what people are going to say. I do it so that there's a clear level of understanding in the beginning of how you're going to treat me and respect me. And then you can see how things unfold. I'm going to mind my business, but don't ever think for a minute 
that you're going to get over on me or speak to me a certain way or use a certain tone with me because I'll cuss you some of the fuck out in a very intelligent, articulate way. And you're going to feel stupid and you're going to feel very disrespected. So I, I, I almost do it in a, and I, I shouldn't, but I do, I, I almost do it in a very belittling way um, to hurt their feelings. So like I said, so there's no confusion. Um, and I shouldn't have to, but I will be more than happy to. So that way people don't think that they're just going to talk to me in any which way possible. And then you can get whatever type of code you want, whatever slang you want, whatever, you know, mumble rap, you're going to get it. You're, I'm pulling up to work and we're talking about shoot people guns and drinking. And then I'm going to go in and have a great day. So <laughs> I don't necessarily hide it. Um, but with certain people, they do understand at the very beginning who I am. So that way they speak to me accordingly. That makes sense. I guess I wasn't thinking of it from that point. Like initially I do, but afterwards, like, like you're going to know who I am. Like, I feel like most people that I uh, talk to who do code switch, it's more of a, out of like an insecure place. Like they do it because they want to be more, seem more palatable to somebody else or one of them alluded to something that you did, like basically, so you know that I'm an intelligent person. You're just not about to talk to me like you're stupid just because I'm black and you think that black people are dumb. Like, actually, let's get this, let's get this real clear, <laughs> very clear, and then move on. But most people I hear it's because they want to. It's literally so they can make white people feel better, feel more. Yeah, like I don't have a telephone voice. When I worked at the office, I there was one lady. I said, I said what I said. Click. And they called, and, and the owner was like, Chanel. And I'm like, yes, because you can't hang up on people. I said, listen, this is the option. I said what I said. I'm not going to continue to repeat myself to her. If that's what she wants to do, I said what I said. I said goodbye. I hung up. I was done with the conversation. If she wants to continue, she can continue on that on her own. But it is like, you can get every single side. But it's like, yeah, because people will talk to you, however. And I have friends where you hear them code switch, regardless, like, whoever calls them and they're on the phone and I'm like you have such a nice telephone voice because I don't have that you know um most of the time I don't have that but but yeah you do you do it to make them comfortable um mm -hmm. or because you know that if you don't have that voice that they're going to speak to you a certain type of way or if you like if you're on the east coast and you call somebody they're not going to think that you're as intelligent because you have an accent from the east coast or from the south so even those mm -hmm. if you're not cold sweating but just the dialect portion of it, people will treat you a certain way based on that. Exactly. And I know in corporate America for me, um, I, when I have my interviews and stuff like that, I almost feel like I have to, because I know I'm probably not going to get a job if I, if they feel kind of like, whoa, I, I don't know, like, you know, she's <laughs> black that's actually acting black at work, you know, I don't <laughs> this so like if I'm doing something that involves me needing to move somewhere else to the next level or something then I will kind of tone down my voice but I'm definitely not code switching like my choice of words and things like that I don't change my choice of words it's more my tone than anything mm -hmm. but, but yeah so let's switch gears I'm curious to know when you guys were kids did your parents talk to you guys about race and Ebony with your daughter do you guys have race conversations with her or do you feel like she's too young right now or do you guys plan to um just so they're basically prepared to go out into the world and you know receive what is going to come to them because they look different and was it different when you talked to your white parent versus your black parent 
So um, with my mom, she's never really talked to me about race until I got into a fight with this white girl for calling me a nigger. So she's kind of let me know about it, but not really, because I don't think she wanted me to go around the world thinking that you know, everybody's out to either out to get me or, you know, just bad. But as far as like my dad, my I haven't really even like gotten on that type of note with my dad because I never really talked to him about race. I don't think I don't even think my dad would even know how to answer anything racial at all but that's a good question if i ever talk to him again i'll ask him. but as far as like me and my husband with my daughter well she's about to be two so she doesn't she is you know i mean that's we don't we haven't really talked about it but i know she's gonna see it in the family because you know you know black families always talk about you know stuff like that so i mean i do plan on letting her know you know i really i think it's important in a way to tell her about who she is and where she came from just because it's something that you that kids need to know but I, I don't know because I wouldn't even know how to you know like bring it up and I don't want her to like ever feel like it's a bad thing to be the color she is but I am, I am gonna talk to her about it I, I am I don't like I said, I mean, with my mom, I, and, and she's white. Um, so she, like, I mean, she just raised us as, as being black children. And I don't know if she ever really had those talks, but I was also with a lot of other family a lot. So I was very well aware of different dynamics and, and just kind of how you act and the things that you do. Um, when I lived with my dad, when I was older, I mean, he will motherfucker this these motherfuckers that and i'm gonna change my last name to black man and my first name to rich so they have to call me rich black man and i mean he's just out there about it and you know like when i see white people in my neighborhood i lock the doors like that type of stuff um because you you know he's like i treat them how they treat me you know um but i mean with my niece i remember when she was really little she's probably in kindergarten or first grade um and one of the kids at her school told her that she was um she was ugly like a moth because of her color and i know that was difficult for my my sister um and my friend maya her kids like we have those discussions about what it is to be a black child and how people treat you and that's why i constantly try to reinforce like your this is your hair is beautiful your skin is beautiful like you are golden um and I think that is a hard conversation to have with kids because they don't always mm -hmm. understand it. But I think that subconsciously they're aware in school when they're treated different by teachers or, you know, if they're at the store and they're treated different by people following them. And I think if you have those conversations with them when they're younger, they kind of pick it up more and they're more aware. I mean, by no means am I telling my nephews, like, don't put your hands in your pocket and don't do this. But you do have to, to have those conversations where, it's like, if you act a certain way, they're going to stop you more. Or if you're running through a store, you're going to be seen as a problem. Um, or if you're riding your bike somewhere that you're not supposed to, it's going to be an issue. So you do need to be mindful of these things. And mm -hmm. it's not because you're bad, because you're not bad. I always have to tell them, you guys are not bad kids. You guys are not bad kids. Um, but people just think a certain way about you. And so they expect you to be a certain way. And even if you're not, they're going to look for that. 
So even if you're not bad at school, as soon as one thing happens, they're going to focus on that. And I've had to have conversations with after school program teachers about that for my nephew. And I, I said to the lady, I said, well, you know, do you, do you focus on other students as much as you focus on him? And when other kids are doing bad things, do you write them up as much? Are you as aware of what everybody else is doing? She said, well, you can't monitor everybody. I said, but you tend to monitor him more. So why does he have more problems? But there's other students who act the same way or worse, and you're not having these same these meetings. And like with Maya, um, we had to have a meeting for her son, and it was me and then one of her friends who's writing a thesis on you know police brutality and black children and then my boyfriend who's the, the director of um at-risk youth for the school district here and then her she was running for um, one of the seats on the school board so i mean we came with the, a black therapist so we came with a team of five to this <laughs> meeting um and kind of just let them have it because it was one of those things where you have to we had to have that conversation with them as adults. Like, why are you treating these 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 little black children this way? Like, why are these kids because they they have more melanin and they're darker, or they're not white? Why do you look at them as much? Why is it when two siblings are playing and pushing each other, one's getting written up, the other one wasn't written up? And that's what I said. I said, why did he get written up, but she didn't when she provoked the situation? So shouldn't they both have been reprimanded? Shouldn't we be having this discussion about both of the children, not just him? Because again, you have a little black boy who's seen as a problem child. So we do have to have those conversations with the kids and just be like, listen, you're not bad, but you're different. And as a society, people are going to expect you to be A, B, and C, even though you're not. And even though you're not, they're going to look for it. And if they can't find it, they're going to provoke it. Um, but I mean, I don't really remember having those conversations as a child I don't remember blatantly having those types of conversations as a child but my I mean I was also very aware and vocal so I mean I'm sure I did because even just the way with history being written my mom would tell me no this is what really happened with the Native Americans and you need to go to school and tell your teacher that about Thanksgiving and you know it's not just Black History Month but here's a fact about you know Carver or there's all these different people that she was showing us um so I think that just without having to be extremely vocal about it, we were still getting that information on a different level without having to have like a sit down talk, you know, mm -hmm. like A, B, and C, so. Okay, so how do you guys think, so all of the stuff that we've been talking about and you guys being mixed race and how you guys get treated and are constantly being judged from both sides, how do you think these type of things manifest mentally and physically within other multiracial biracial people so like within i don't want to say within you guys' community because your community is still the black community but there's a difference between black and being mixed race always having these things coming at them from both sides i think it's more difficult because we have to find a way to create a balance and if you just if, if you just have a black family and that black family is telling you that you're too light or you're too dark or they don't like your hair that that's one portion of it but when you have to like you have to code switch within your family you know how i talk to an aunt on one side from iowa isn't the same way that i would talk to you know a cousin in seattle and even with that my my cousin sam aunt sam her daughter married a black guy and they're in iowa but she was telling my mom oh, well, they're not like most black people and they make us look like white trash. 
And I said, well, that's because they are white trash. It has nothing to do with them being educated and intelligent. You guys are just white trash. So it's like you go to certain family members and you have to, you have to watch that. So even being out here with everything that's going on with Floyd, like I, I haven't deleted those family members on Facebook. I've been very vocal about this is what's wrong with you. I won't tag them. But I think even that, it, it creates a difficult situation because at least if you just have an all white family or an all black family, it's kind of a little bit more definitive. Ideally, you'd like to think that your entire black family is going to decide on, on that issue. Where when you have this divide and you have to start picking, I mean, essentially you pick and choose. So it's like, this is my grandma's family and I can't keep her from them. And I have to take her to these places. But when you're telling me that Black Lives Matter now stands for burn, loot and murder, that's a problem for me. And that's something that I have to go into. So again, when you have a family member telling someone, oh, well, they're, 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 they're Black, not like other Black people. Well, that's going to be this Black kid's grandmother. And she's going to still have this complex to where educated Black people aren't like other Black people. And you're white trash, but you're probably still going to tell your grandchildren that you guys are better because simply you're white. So I, I think with with me, especially with having family in the Midwest and it being a little bit different than over on the West Coast, it's it's harder sometimes because you do have to create that balance and you have to set these boundaries with family members. And then you still have white family, oh, you're so pretty because you're mixed. Okay, cool. And then you have black people saying, oh, well, you're pretty because you're mixed, not you know, because you're, so I think it becomes a, a tricky situation because you, then you have to code switch within your family and you have to create balance within your family and you have to create these boundaries within your family. Um, and you have white family members who all of a sudden they get a pass. Well, I have a black so-and-so in my mm -hmm. family, so I can't be racist or I can't be this or I can't be that. And then you're like, no, pretty sure you are. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a little bit harder and then you can't, everybody in your family is not going to understand. So it's like, you can't necessarily go to the black side of your family and be like, this is what I'm going through because everybody's not going to get it. And you can't go to your white side of the family and say, this is what I'm going through because they're going to be like, well, you just sound stupid. That's not real life. That's not how it mm -hmm. works. People don't think that way. So I think it becomes a, a struggle. Um, and then you have to gravitate towards light-skinned people that look like you. And you can't talk to the black girls who don't like you because they can't identify with you. And then you go back into this, this rabbit hole of, well, light-skinned girls stick together because we understand each other and black girls don't understand because yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And again, that, that dynamic kind of starts to unfold all over again. Yeah. And so it's basically, it sounds like kind of like a psychological warfare almost like going back and forth with all these things all the time. I know, I think it was an African group uh, a lot of them were just saying that they struggle a lot with their mental health, trying to always fit into all of these things, but then also having their parents tell them, no, you are different from African-American people. You're not like them. Like, and let's be clear, like, you're not that type of black, you know? Also, they always had to suppress things. And so that's why mental health was coming up because they're always battling with these things, but they always had to keep within themselves. I don't know of anything that is specific to multiracial people, but do you guys know if there's certain things that people more gravitate to? I feel like it would be the same for anybody though. I don't feel like it would be different because you're mixed versus black. I don't, I don't know if it would be different, would it? I don't think so. I don't know, but I think even with having people that struggle with 
alcohol or, or whatever drug addiction, that becomes another layer of, are you black enough? So it's like, oh, well, like, let's say I have issues with drinking and I'm black, but I don't drink Hennessy and E&J. Well, you know, like, and it's funny, but it's not because that's yeah. really something that you are identified by. You yeah. know, like if you can't play spades, you're not black. If you're not drinking <laughs> Hennessy, you're not black. So if I'm struggling with my identity and I do have a drinking problem, but I'm drinking vodka and not Hennessy, well, I'm not black. You know, like, no, I have a problem regardless. Why does it matter? <laughs> um, it, because it, I mean, it is that, that struggle. So I don't think that for the, the, the light skin community, our, our struggles as far as like addiction or mental health are any different. Um, I, I think for some situations, it may be more or less acceptable um or people may be more or less inclined to help depending on what how how much pigment you have um and how serious they're going to take whatever you're dealing with so okay i thought about the question i asked you guys earlier about like choosing to pass or choosing white family over the black family or saying I'm black I feel like this is like a also psychological warfare like having to choose like if I'm thinking from a mental space always having to choose or people making you feel like you have to choose or even the simple fact of saying oh no I'm biracial versus claiming black or saying I'm black but people are like but you're mixed like why are you saying that you're black mm -hmm. like so First of all, which one do you guys call yourself black versus mixed or MY? Like, do you choose one over the other? I usually call myself either or black or mixed, but it's usually black. But I seen um, a post on Facebook where this guy said um, mixed kids are not black, they're mixed or biracial. And I had posted like my feelings about that and how I felt. And um, one of my homegirls, she was like, but at the end of the day, you're mixed, you have white in you. I said, but at the end of the day, I recognize myself as black. I don't, I rarely call myself mixed. Like, so she was like, um, well, people that are looking at, on it, at it from the, um, the outside view is saying that, oh, you have white in you, so you are mixed. But I'm like, at the end of the day, white people call me black and black people call me white. But it's just like at the same time, I was like, I call myself black. So she was trying to argue with me, just saying that you are mixed or biracial because you have white in you and black in you. But I'm just like, I felt like she wouldn't understand because she was never in my boat, you know, what I went through and stuff. But I call myself black is because the color of my skin, of course, and I grew up around my mom's family, which is all black. So the, oh, that's, oh, that's all I know. That's the reason why I come on so black. Again, I say like, if, if I go to jail, they're not gonna treat me like a white woman. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm getting written up at work, it's not because I'm a white woman. Um, is there privilege? Yes, but I mean, I always tell people I'm black unless they ask more about it and then I'll say I'm mixed. But even then, if somebody mm -hmm. asks, 
I'm black, but I'm light skinned. Like I try to tiptoe as far away around that conversation as possible. Um, and I mean, when you're with family, it's like, like you said, having to, to choose or that, that constant battle. If you're around white family, they're going to say that you're, you're black. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if you're around black family, they're going to say that you're black, even though you're mixed, like you just, they're not going to, you're still going to have that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that just being out, like if I were to identify as white, it's too late now, but it's because I'm going to be on application for something. And if they're asking so I can get a better, because I mean, you can have a 700 credit score. And if you mark black, they're still like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. So if I mark white and I can pass, but then that's going to be against me. So I think I always, I always say that I'm, I'm black and that's how I identify. And that's because that's how society also identifies me so if i choose and again like if one of us would be like oh i'm white somebody's gonna tell us no you're not even (laughs) the people tell you you're white if you if you tell your your black family that you're white they're gonna say no you're not you're black okay so regardless of what i say you're gonna tell me that i'm black regardless of how we swing this you know if i get pulled over chances are before they say I'm mixed, they're going to say she's black, but mixed with something. Yeah. Nobody to say she's white, but mixed with something else. I mean, that's just not how society works. There's people that may ask initially, just like, are you mixed? Um, and then they say, what are you? And I'll say, I'm black. And like, but you said you're mixed. I'm like, oh yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I mean it's kind of like, I enjoy being around people of color, regardless of what country I'm in, what continent I'm on, I get excited. I don't get excited to be around crowds of white people. I get nervous. So that in itself is like my gut saying, Chanel, this isn't right for you. I got another question that piggybacks off this. And I was hoping that one of you guys would say, no, I, I say that I'm mixed because I clearly have one parent that's this and one parent that's that. So since we don't have anyone on the panel who's like, no, I'm it, so I'm not black. Um, do you guys know anybody who identifies as mixed? And what is what was their reasoning behind saying that they're mixed versus black? Because I feel like from my perspective, I would say, if someone asked me, I would say, oh yeah, Chanel is mixed. But I'm thinking that because I would never want to remove your mom from the situation because she's been there all your life she's been a huge huge she's played a huge role in why you even know everything you know about your black side of your family and so I would feel like it'd be wrong for me to just say you're black and just only give credit to the black side of the family almost and that's why I would say that you're mixed because I wouldn't want to remove a parent but, but I, also, if you were to say that and somebody were to see me, they would say to you, I thought you said she was black. Right. So, I mean, I feel like if, if, if it's me, I'm going to say I'm black. If somebody's describing me, they have to say that I'm mixed because <laughs> then if not, they're going to be like, Tierra, what the fuck? You just said that she was black. <laughs> and then eventually, like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, they're never going to, like, the, yes, then they're going to say that. But then they're going to be like, she's kind of light like what 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 do you like are you sure about this so I mean I feel like for other people they have to describe me as like oh she's mixed or they'll say she's mixed but she's black 
to to specify that like I don't straighten my hair and all my friends aren't white and I don't like and I think that's kind of I, I have friends that will say she's mixed but she's black so there's not like a confusion about like oh she's she's one of those people um so <laughs> so I think that that's how my friends do say it <laughs> but you guys know um, somebody who specifically says no I'm not black I'm mixed and why yeah um not only that but um so her her dad's white her mom's black her dad's raised her and his um wife was native tribal so she would identify as being native and she would talk oh we would go to these powwows and these and that was her identity even though her mother was not actually native and so she would say she was mixed she wasn't necessarily raised with her mom but she would she would say she is mixed and she like prided herself on being light-skinned and I think part of that is because she was raised by her dad and not that he well they he did say some questionable stuff one time where our other friend was offended um and he would make other racial jokes but I think that for her like she didn't really have that um those core black values and she wasn't really raised around black people like my aunt had me in the baptist church from six o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night like i was around black people um that's a part of the cultural experience you know (laughs) so i mean she didn't she didn't have that and so she she identified as being native and she that was her stepmom so i think for her she had to identify that way because she couldn't she didn't she didn't identify as being black and she always kind of felt like in a weird space and i don't really like for her code switching like some people they just sound weird when they talk you know what i mean um and sometimes the things she would say it was just like you just sound like you're trying to talk cool like you're missing that like it's just not naturally (laughs) it's awkward so i don't really have that many mixed friends a lot of them are darker than me and that's just kind of what I gravitate to but that's probably also because I'm like I wish I had more color I wish I like I love like you know but that's also something that's been instilled in me um Mm -hmm. so the only mixed people that I know who will like be very I don't know like always trying to make sure you're not calling them black and saying no I'm mixed or I'm biracial or people who want to denounce their blackness like they don't like it like they don't like what comes with being black and so they want to make sure that they say that they are mixed instead of saying they're black those are the only people that I know who are like that Ebony do you know anyone like that who mm-hmm. well um, I had a mixed friend in, in middle school who I thought she was like that because everybody would, um, when I did hang out with some of the black girls in my school, they would call her white girl because she she would call herself mixed. But I think now she refers to herself as black. But she was trying to do the white thing the whole time. She would only have white friends. She would think that she was better than everybody, you know, bougie. But now she's, I think she kind of got, you know, knocked on the head and realized who she was. Because I think she experienced some racism in Missouri. But I think her sister's like that. I'm not sure. But I think her, 
sister like that. And I think that might be part of it too, because again, like I said, at a very young age, I understood those threats. Um, And so you're like, well, if I was white, I don't think a white person would be saying those things to me. And I think for people who haven't experienced that level of racism Mm -hmm. or that level of hate, or where they've had to really like take a step back and be like, well, these people don't like me because... I think they will gravitate towards I'm mixed or I'm white or oh my mom's white and or my dad's white and and they kind of cling to that until they have a traumatic experience where they realize like no society sees you as being not white however you want to identify as you are not white you check the the not white box um, and I think that's when people kind of start to have that realization that oh well maybe I'm not really mixed like maybe I I don't see myself the way society sees me that makes sense okay so last question for you guys what do you guys have to say to those people who think that race is non-existent and everything is not about race and are you sure that was a race thing like mm, I don't know maybe they were trying to do this like everything isn't about race like what do you guys have to say to those people those people that are white or those people that are black? Both. I feel as though if some of these white people went into predominantly black or Hispanic or Indian populated areas and experienced it for themselves on the other end of the spectrum, they would be more conscious. What they take away from that is completely up to them. Um, But I think for people who say that it doesn't exist, I don't think that they've been in the right places because in some areas it's not an issue. It's not prominent. It's not something that you see you're in your own little bubble. Um, And I think that it is very real, but it's a choice. I think seeing it, acknowledging it and trying to change it is a choice. And for people who don't want to do those things, they're always going to say that it doesn't exist because they don't want to be part of the solution and they don't want to acknowledge that there's even a problem. I think that people that are like that are just pure ignorant, ignorant, because clearly there's racism in the world because, I mean, it's right in front of you, you know, some people on my timeline, on my Facebook timeline, like I'll post stuff just to see their reaction. You know, I think that they don't think that there's racism going on either because they haven't seen it or they haven't been around somebody who's done it or you know whatever it may be but i just feel like it's it's pure ignorance to me i just think they're crazy yeah because i don't believe that it's because someone hasn't seen racism happen that they don't believe it exists i feel like you're just denying it you're lying about it because you can ask any person from any racial background do darker skinned people get treated differently or do you want to be treated like black people are treated and they will fucking say no. And so, so if you can answer that question and that, you know, that dark skinned people are treated a certain kind of way and you wouldn't want to be treated that way, then you can acknowledge that there's racism. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like that you can ask any group of people, you go to Asia, they treat darker skinned Asian people differently. You go Mm -hmm. to, they treat darker skinned Mexican people or in Latin America in general, there's a huge colorism issue. So what do you think that stems from? It stems from racism. So if anybody can answer that question and know that if you look on a, a 
a color wheel from this color all the way over to the darkest brown you can get and they can point over here and say yeah those people get treated worse i don't want to be treated like that or you can have these little kids studies where you ask little kids which kid is the which doll is a good doll and then the little kids pick up the white doll if mm -hmm. it knows that a white doll is the prettier one the better one the nicer one an adult fucking knows that racism exists i'm sorry like even it, though when we're like if you think way back when they would have the it was the little white book and it'd be like oh ancient egypt and it's like the pharaohs and everybody and you work your way down all the slaves and the workers are black mm -hmm. as you go up it's like oh the pharaohs white and this person's white and this and like i mean white white like gods of egypt let's talk about that movie like so you can't say that it's not real and i think that when people like you said it's not they're just like, not acknowledging it because they have to acknowledge that that their white privilege is part of the problem and then you have to deal with your conscience and i have i have certain family members that are very aware and i mean one of my aunts is like i'm ashamed to be white I'm ashamed of my privilege. Like I'm ashamed that this is what's going on. And I have teachers that are like, we have to do something to solve this problem. And then you have the other people who are like, there is no problem, but I think they don't want to deal with their white guilt and they don't want to acknowledge their white privilege because then they have to deal with that struggle. How am I part of the problem? How have I, you know, instilled that into my children? How have I have had that implicit bias? Um, and people don't want to do that. So if, if you acknowledge that something happened, you know, you have to acknowledge that you've been part of the problem and find ways to correct it. I mean, even with the people who are like, why are we tearing down these statues? That's wrong. That's history. That's not history. Those statues came up in the 1960s during Jim Crow. And you're, 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 you're casting statues of people who were for slavery, lost the war, and then got buildings named after them. That's not the same. You know, you can't say, well, nobody's tearing down, you know, concentration camps. Nobody's tearing down plantations. That's the equivalent. But again, like if you say, well, you're tearing down statues, that's part of history. And if you're still not acknowledging the fact that that part of history, that statue is part of the problem and you want to keep that statue, therefore you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so you, I mean, if I wouldn't want to have to deal with that, honestly, I'd be like, there's no racism. I don't see it. So there isn't any, I'd probably be one of those white people like, no, it's fine. Good. I like, I got a, my dog is black. It's a poodle. I love black. Things. Like, you, I, you know, because how do you deal with that? You know what it does to people mentally and emotionally. And then you have to think about, oh my God, my whole life, this is what I've been doing. And this is how I've been adding to the problem. And how do you correct that when you're in your 50s? How do you correct that when you're in your 60s? How do you correct that when you're in your 70s and everything you've known has been white pride or white privilege? What do you do? It's fake though. Like you said, they're putting up monuments about people that they're calling heroes that weren't actually heroes. Like it's fake. Why do you want to keep believing some shit that is fucking fake? Like, but yeah, the, the, yeah. And those people who'd be like, oh, I have nothing to apologize for. I can't stand that because I see it all of my timeline. For no, I was going to say, I think that um, going through um, racism and then going through a black and white, I think with being mixed, you have to have tough skin for both sides. Because if you don't, you're going to get sucked up. It's going to hurt. You're going to have tough skin. It's a hard world out here.
<laughs> it is. Well, thank you guys for getting on here with me. Like, we're done. Okay. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thank you.